Well, I want to ask you a question this afternoon. Are you full or are you empty? Are you full or are you empty? Well, the, the title of my message is Love Tank. How many people have heard that phrase, Love Tank? This afternoon, sometimes have you been on, on your way to marriage? Uh, hey, Gabriel. And um, on your way to having kids, you read up on these, these subjects about love tank and how you're supposed to fill the love tank of the other partner. And in turn, they're supposed to fill your love tank by a series of actions, love in action. And um, it came across out of a conversation that I had with Judah. Um, I was trying to explain to him about the love of God. And I was saying to him, you know, God loves you. You know, uh, God created you. And uh, I started to express about the love of God. And, and I started to say, what a strange concept. What a strange concept. What a strange word. The love of God. Love. What does that mean? It means different things to different people. Love is the most important word in the English language and the most confusing sometimes. Secular religious thinkers agree that love plays a central role in life. We are told that love is many splendid things and that love makes the world go round. Thousands of books and songs and magazines and movies are peppered with this word love. The Apostle Paul said in the last scene of the human drama, only three characters remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. Yet love is the most confusing word and we use it in thousands of ways. We say, I love hot dogs. Oh, I love food. I love burgers. And the next breath, I love my mother. We speak of loving activities. Swimming, I love swimming. I love skiing. I love golf. I love football. Hey, Scott. Oh, I love Arsenal. Any, any news on the report of today? See, love is a most confusing word. And sometimes when you use that word love, it just doesn't really hit home in the same way. And as I said that to him, something just popped into mind. And I said, you know, Judah, this is what God did. When he created man and woman, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And when he looked upon them, he said the words, they were good. They were good. So he looked up and they said, wow, look what I've created. Wow, look what I've created. It is good. I want to tell you today that God thinks you're good. Amen. God thinks you're good. God thinks you're special. And I, and I say that to Judah all the time and to my children. Say, God thinks you're special. And Judah says, well, I know, I know. I know, you, I know I'm special because you keep telling me I'm special. But sometimes we don't hear that God thinks we're special. We don't think that God values us. And I want to use that word value because God values you so much. He created you and so much so that he sent Jesus to die for you on the cross. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, that word love, God loves the world. It means the world is the word cosmos. And it's the, the world, the creation, the whole world the whole universe God loves the whole world and he put you at the center of that world that's why he values you and so sometimes we don't get it sometimes we don't get the love of God we say God loves me have you ever been in evangelism on the streets and someone would say an evangelist would say Jesus loves you and someone says well Jesus can whatever because they just don't understand what that essentially means. It seems like there's a, a cap on. It's just not getting through. Now, I could just have that bag that I left there. Someone's hid, hidden. Someone's hidden my love tank here. Thank you, guys. Now, sometimes we feel, we feel that the love of God is not going in. Because here's the love of God. And yet the cap is on because we don't understand the love of God. We don't understand God loves us and God values us. We just simply don't connect. There's a, there's a disconnect. And so I was driving down um, the M25 
on Friday and was visiting Jardil, who does stage management here, management here and they, him and Daphne just had a baby boy and uh, they haven't got any names yet, baby love, and we're just praying for them and I was on the way back and sometimes you realise you can continue through life whether you're full or whether you're empty, but sometimes you know you're empty but you're, and you're not experiencing the love of God. And I remember driving back uh, that day and um, I was trying to clean the window wipers because of the snow. Now, has anybody, does anybody drive here? People drive, you know. Now, for some reason, my car was frozen so the window wipers weren't cleaning the windscreen. And so as I was driving down, it was just getting really messy and it was obscuring my vision. I couldn't see where I was going. And so I saw somebody earlier in the day um, just kind of using a bottle at the side of the car. And I thought, I must have a bottle in my car. And as I stuck my hand out the windscreen at about 40, maybe 50 mile an hour, and I was just pouring it down, guess what was happening? Nothing was happening. Because the speed that I was going, the, the speed was keeping the water inside the bottle. And so eventually the windscreen wasn't getting clean. And so I had to sometimes just pull over and get out of my car, which I didn't want to do, and pour the water over the windscreen to make sure it's clean. Now, this is what happens in our lives. You know, we're trying, we're going through fast motion London. We're going through life. We know that we're empty and we know that we're devoid of fulfillment, but we just keep going and we try to stick our hand out of the window and we try to clean what's messy, but we don't get it clean because the love is still in the bottle because we're going too fast. And sometimes God wants us just to simply slow down. He wants us to slow down and he wants us to listen to him. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter Three here. Paul is writing to the Ephesian church and he's encouraging them to have a fresh revelation of the love of God. And um, I want that to be part of you today, that you experience something of God's tangible love in your heart. Paul writes in Ephesians 3 verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now, if you have a Bible, underline that, that you being rooted and grounded in love, in God's love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height of what? To know the love of Christ so to know the height, the depth, the width of the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I ask you a question, how are you going to be filled with God? If the world is wanting God and God's life, how are we going to be filled with God? The Bible says that God is love. And he says there, I pray that you would have a fresh revelation that you would be rooted and grounded in his love and that you would comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So how are we going to be filled with God? Many people speak about passion and we had this conversation during the week and somebody said, what we need is more passion. We need to teach people passion. Now, I, I don't know if you can teach people passion. You could go through a few scriptures and things like that. But passion is caught rather than taught. And passion is something that we model. And love is something that we model. And if we're going to model to the world something that's new and something that's different, then we need to have a fresh revelation of the love of God. 
We need to have his love in our hearts. And that's how we're going to get to the point of God's fullness in our lives. So I wonder today, is your cap on or is your cap off? Now, this new move of the Holy Spirit, I believe that it's going to be a fresh move of God and it's going to be refreshing. Now, now I want somebody from the front row to come here. This lady here. I want you to give everybody in the front row a cup. Now look at it like this. We are trying to make a difference to God. And I've got a full bottle here and I've got an empty bottle. So I'm going to try my best to reach people for Jesus here and refresh you today because I'm just full of God. I've got a Christian hat on. My name's Christian, so I'm a believer. And um, I've been worshipping with Jono, so that means I'm a Christian. Because, and I've got a tie on, so that means I'm a Christian as well. And I speak in religious ease, so that's all right as well, because that means I can also be refreshing, because I look refreshing. And I, I'm, you know, I might smell of some aftershave, or I've been here since 6 a.m., so maybe not. That's, that's all right. Some of those guys might need some as well, so it's, it's all right. So I'm going to start just refreshing people with the love of God. Right, there you go. Take a drink. Take a drink, take a drink, take a drink. Now, okay, so have you got any water there? Have you got any water? Not much there. All right, what I need to do is I just need to try harder, all right? Just going to pray harder. Lord Jesus, get me. I just want to make a difference for you in this world, and I want to break, I want to see miracles. There you go. There's some miracles, there's some miracles, there's some miracles. What have you got? Have you got a miracle in there? Nothing, nothing happening. Why? Because I'm empty. I need a fresh revelation of the love of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know how many people have experienced the love of God in their lives. You know, the love of God. I remember another description. I've been at the front of the altar here and receiving the presence and the fire of the Holy Spirit. But before I experienced this fire of the Holy Spirit, so I was empty. I was only 16 years old and I came to the altar and I was empty here, just emptying my life. And I felt convicted of my sin. And so I came forward because somebody was saying, God's called you for great things. So I thought, well, I feel, I couldn't explain it, but I just responded anyway. And I came to the front as an empty vessel. And what I was doing was I was pouring out all the sin in my life because I got convicted. And as I got convicted, I started to weep. Now, that was my natural response to the love of God. My natural response to the love of God was weeping. Why was I weeping? Well, I can't explain it because when I was touched by the love of God, I started to receive His forgiveness. And it felt like God was doing something. He was taking the old out and putting the new in. And see, this is what happens when we become a Christian. God wants to take the old out and He wants to put the new in. He wants to fill us up with His goodness and fill us up with His power. You see, what God does and what's going to happen in this revival, I believe, and this new move is that God is going to take the cap off. God is going to take the cap off and he's going to start pouring into us as we slow down and we begin to wait on him. Now this word that's been going around waiting on God, we don't want to wait on God, do we? Who wants to wait on God? Well, maybe I've got five minutes to wait on God. Maybe I've got 10 minutes to wait on God, but I'm too busy to wait on God. Let's face it. Psalm 25 verse 5 says, Teach me your ways, O Lord, for I wait on you the whole day. Now, are we going to wait on God the whole day? I ain't got all day to wait for you. I need you to come right now. I need to do something now. I'm just about to miss the bus, Lord, so I need to get on the bus and go. That's how we are. But when we wait on God, it gives God time 
to start dealing with our lives. So we need time to empty ourselves. And then God, during this revival, is going to begin to pour back in his love into our hearts. Amen. He's going to pour back, pour back into our lives. Pour back into our lives. Pour back into our lives. You see, there's not much good you can do if you're empty. It doesn't even matter if you read Ephesians 1 verse 15 and he says, I give you wisdom and revelation that you may know the hope of your calling. And then God says, you've got a calling. You're going to make a difference for God. You're going to rise up and make a difference for God. So let's do it on empty. Oh, I've got a high calling. Wow, I want to make a difference. Oh, now I'm just knackered and I'm tired. See, we can't do the call of God out of our fullness. Paul says in Romans 15 verse 29, he says, I come to you in the fullness of God. I come to you in the fullness of God. What is the fullness of God? I just want to say to you today, I think that fullness of God is simply being full of God's love. Being full of God's love. How do miracles happen? Jesus was moved with compassion and miracles took place. So as you feel God's heart and you feel God's love for people and you're full of God. Now, last week, I think it was last week, time's gone so fast, I called people forward for healing, to move in healing. And I felt that the word that God was saying to people who were going to move in the healing anointing uh, was this, that God wants to heal you first. God wants to heal you. And as he heals you and he fixes you up, then God's going to use you to heal other people. And how's that going to happen? Through the love of God. See, God wants to fill you up afresh with his love. Amen. And then you can go about, start filling people up with the love of God. Start filling people up with the love of God. Start filling people up. Fill yourself up as well. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, it's not our fullness. It's God's fullness. Amen. It's not our power. It's God's power. It's God in our lives. And if we don't wait on Him, and we don't take time for Him, then we'll always be running on empty. And I believe that God is challenging us as a church, He's challenging us as a people to slow down, to slow down and to just simply wait. Six o'clock service, I was speaking to a lady yesterday, and what she was saying to me is, I'm too busy to come to the revival. I'm too busy for the six o'clock. And what she was saying is, it's not that she's lazy. What she was saying is, I get up at 6 a.m. and I serve at the kids' ministry and I come in the afternoon and I'm serving all day. I just want to go home and sleep at 6 o'clock. And so she wasn't putting it off. But I said to her, I said, listen, but you're missing out. You're missing out on what God's doing. And it's not just about attending the service, but it's about tapping into what God's doing. But it seems to me that if we don't provide time for God, if we don't wait on God, then we're just not getting it. We're not experiencing it. We're not stepping into it. And we're certainly not getting filled with it. You see, being empty or full is dependent on having a fresh revelation of the love of Jesus Christ in our lives. See, love, what does love mean? Love is God's love for the world. It's unconditional. That means you get it. He loves you. He loves you no matter what you do. What, even if you don't follow him. Yes, he loves you. He's waiting for you to come but you've chosen the wrong path. So fine, he still loves you. He still values you. And you only get to experience his love when you turn to him because he's ready to pour his love in your heart. But what happens is you're not turning to him. And so I believe there needs to be a change that needs to take place. See, how did you become a Christian? How did you become a member of Christ's church? You can read it through in Ephesians chapter one, you know, some of the identity stuff. But how did you ever get to that point? Well, number one, 
the love of God. You were drawn by the love of God, the acceptance of God. Number two, somehow you experience that God values you and God cares for you. We know the story of the prodigal son, right? Who knows that story? The prodigal son, the father had two sons. One went off and spent all of his father's money, came back in repentance. And what was the father doing? The father had his arms open wide. What does that say? It says that God's arms are open wide, loving you, ready to forgive you, ready to heal you. Gable preached a great message the other week on there's more grace. See, where is the grace of God? It's in the father's arms. Where is the grace of God? Where is the healing of God? Where is, the, where is the restoration of God? It's in the Father's arms. See, God in His Father's arms is pouring out fresh water, but we're not able to experience. He's pouring out His love. We're not able to experience because something needs to happen. A change needs to happen in our lives. Now, if you read the book, there's this book here by Transforming Your World by John Melindy. Anybody heard of the revival that happened in Uganda? Amazing revival, miracles, souls being saved. And he talks in here about the example of Charles Finney. Now, Charles Finney was a man who was used in revival. I mean, he walked into a factory one day. One lady took the mickey out of him and said, who's this preacher, whatever. Then suddenly, something happened to her. She got convicted of her sin. She started to shake. She fell on the floor. And in a moment, she started to ask forgiveness for her sins. She experienced the love of God and then something happened in that moment. A change happened in that moment and suddenly the whole factory was closed down because all 3,000 people were seeking God. Now, how many people? Only God can do that. Only God can do that. But God was choosing Charles Finney and Charles Finney, when he got to be a Christian, he went off into the woods and he started to seek after God. He started to repent of all his sins and ask God, what was he seeking for? He was seeking for a revelation of the love of God. He wanted to know that his sins had been forgiven. He wanted to experience Christ. And as he sought God and he took time out, something happened in the heart. A change happened in the heart. See, to be part of the church, to be part of the church, you experience the love of God. To be a part of the church, you experience that God values you. And to be a part of the church, you change from your identity, being in the world, and what you do, and you transfer your identity into Christ. Amen? So everything that you do right now, there's a transfer from the power of darkness into the kingdom of light. You completely transform your life. See, our identity in church is mixed up of a few things. One, sometimes we think that we're Londoners before we're Christians. Sometimes we think that we're South Londoners before we're Christians. Sometimes we think we're North Londoners before we're Christians. Sometimes we think that we're Remainers before we're Christians. And sometimes we talk more about breakfast than we breakfast and Brexit before we talk about Jesus Christ. Our identity sometimes is in what we do and not in who we are. And so we place the emphasis. This is what happens when we place a wrong emphasis on what we do rather than who we are. What we're doing is we're trying to get fulfillment, love our identity. We're trying to get a change of heart in our family, in our kids maybe. I mean, when Judah said to me the first time, I love you, daddy, what happened to me? Little tear maybe, little moving of the heart. And I was like, oh, thank you, Judah. I love you too. But you know what? He didn't say it for a while. And so maybe I said to him, I love you, son. I love you, son. Expecting something in return. And he didn't give it. See, kids can't perform. But what was happening there is maybe there's a temptation to get my identity 
and love from my child rather than from God himself. See, I'm going to get my love from God. Now, I'm not going to force him, and sometimes that's the temptation. But he comes back now and again, and he says, I love you, and I'm working that out. You see, we can get our identity in our wife or our husband, our children, in our job, in all of these different things. But ultimately, as a Christian, our identity is in, is in him. Is in him. You see, God loves us. We experience the love of God. How does that work? Because God values us. He thinks we're special. We're his child. We're his son. We're his daughter. We live in a world where there's an epidemic of, of parents who don't necessarily know how to parent. I'm just learning. But I experienced something quite challenging for me, and I didn't really know what to do with it. I was on my way home up to Queen's Park, and as I walked past uh, from Kensal Rise all the way to Queen's Park Station, I heard, a, I heard a child. A child came out of the door. And the child came out of the door, and the door slammed, but I heard a voice. And the voice said, now get out, and don't come back. I was like, whoa. So this, this child, about, about eight years old, started to just bawl like a baby. And he was probably angry. He was not. He was bawling, but he was angry. And so the door opened, and she said to I heard a voice, and the voice said, you better behave yourself, otherwise I'm going to put you in that bin. Whoa. So I paid a bit more attention. And I saw this angry lady come out of the house, grab that child, force that child towards that bin, and to tell that child off and to say, listen, you better behave yourself, otherwise I'm putting you in the bin. I stood there witnessing this. Something moved in my heart. Something changed in me. And I thought, my God, this family, whatever the problem is, that's the outward. That's the outward. That's the outward anger. That's the anger of the parent, the, maybe the abuse of the child, the hurt of the child, all rolled into one. We have families in London that are going through this stuff and you may have suffered at the hands of your family in cer certain areas like this. I stood there and I thought, God, you know what? What our world needs is a fresh revelation of the love of God. We know that the only way to parent is not to force the child to be obedient. The only way is for the child to experience the love and the value that the parent has to offer. See, if we love the child in the way that the child wants to be loved. So, Judah had a dream. And I'm just tell, telling this because it's the best way to explain it. He has the language of gifts. Now, he may only have that language. It may change later, but maybe because I buy him too many gifts when he was a baby. But he had this vision. And he said, Daniel, I've got a vision. What had this vision? I said, really? And I wasn't trying to make it something that it wasn't. And, but I, I got a little excited. And I thought, oh, he's got a vision. Wow, this is really good. I heard from some other families that they, um, I think it was Emma's child, uh, had, a, had, a, had a word the other day. And he just, it was Ethan. And he said, I need to pray for Torian. We need to pray for Torian's eye. Now, he didn't know, but Torian had to go to A&E on Monday night because she had some pain in her eye. And I know that God is speaking to our children. So Judah just said this. I, I had this vision and the presence of God just came upon me. I thought, really? This is great. The presence of God just came upon me. I said, now, how many people know that God speaks in his language to our children? He speaks in a way that we will receive love. <coughs> so I'm picturing the glory of God. I'm picturing the ray of heaven. I'm picturing Jesus coming on the clouds of heaven, this kind of powerful encounter. And then he said, there were spotted ones, and there was uh, scribbly ones, and there was ribbon ones, and these presents just hit my body. 
Now, what was he saying? Christmas presents, <laughs> birthday presents, wrapped up presents, toys were hitting his body. I said, I said, what happened when they hit your body? He said, I felt good. <laughs> I felt good. And so I thought, think that that was God visiting him in his language, in his love language, so that he would get filled up with the love of God. Now it's early stages yet, and we're not worshiping that and put it on a pedestal. But I'll tell you, God wants to do that for you. He wants to pour his presence upon you in your language so that you get filled back up with the love of God, that when you encounter people during the week, what happens is the love of God just spills out. Amen. Now he went on to say that there was some light and there was some glory and, and that kind of thing. And, and we just continued to pray for that. And I was praying for him the other day and I was saying, God, I, I want you to do something in his life. I want you to stir him spiritually. I want this fresh move of God to be upon him. And he came to me, Dad, Daddy, I've got a word for you. And you know what the word was? Just quite simple. God loves you. God thinks you're special. God loves you. And, and as I was catching this, I thought, you know what? I'm preaching on this stuff. I'm preparing my heart for this stuff. But you know what? Sometimes God knows what you need and he can speak to your kids. He can speak to your cell leader. He can speak to your pastor. He can speak to anybody to get you to experience God's love in a new way. See, when people mistreat you and you go through difficulty and you go through arguments, the temptation is that you get hurt, you get offended. And we've dealt with this stuff quite a number of times. And sometimes we lose our motivation. There's any real people here today. Sometimes we lose our motivation. We lose our desire to keep moving forward with God. It's because what's happening is when we get hurt and we go through tough times, it's like the devil is, is emptying us of all the life of God. And as we get empty of all the life of God, we get drained and we keep pouring out, but we get hurt and we find life tough, difficult, difficult. And then we're empty and we're trying to do what God has called us to do and achieve this high call. And it becomes a pressure and it becomes difficult because we're no longer filled with the love of God. See, the call of God is only going to be effective when we're filled with God. And that means that all the offense and all the difficulty, you see, one drop of the love of God will deal with all the offense and the difficulty and the, the unforgiveness and all that stuff that we're de dealing with. That's why God is calling us to wait on Him. Amen? Suddenly you start to feel good and God pours back into you. And I believe that God's going to pour you, pour more into you than you've been pouring out. And He's going to start to refresh you in a new way. I went away in June and I spoke to one of my friends who led me to Christ. And um, I, I, I went forward in a Billy Graham crusade when I was eight and I made a decision for Christ. That really impacted me. Through my teenage years, up and down, churchianity, doing Christian meetings and all that kind of stuff was good. But at age 16, I made a commitment to God. Did I go forward in the church meeting? No, I sat at the back. I put my leg on the seat. I had three other friends there. I had my leather jacket from Florida where I'd been on holiday, my new jeans and my Timberland boots. And I stood there. God needed to change me. He came to the back of the room and he said, guys, are you Christians? I still had the cap on. I still had the cap on. I still had the cap on. I was empty inside. A week before I was drunk, I was flat out on the main road of my town, completely intoxicated with alcohol. Where were my friends? They were nowhere. See, we can't put our confidence in our friends because we'll just feel empty. We can only put our confidence in God. And I was at the back, 
And that guy came to the back and he said, are you a Christian? I said, well, I'm a Christian. And he's a Christian. But these two other guys, they're not Christians because we brought some two of the friends with us. We were not Christian. I mean, we were Christian in name, but we're not Christian in nature. We were not filled with God. We were completely empty because we were getting intoxicated by the world. And he came back and we prayed. And I remember praying a prayer. And the prayer was quite simple. God, I do commit my life to you. I commit my life to the Jesus of the Bible. If Jesus is real, I want to see these miracles. I want to see the life of Jesus. I do not want religion. I want you in my life. And I remember distinctively praying that prayer. And I met him in Berlin this year. And I had a conversation with him. And I was talking about motivation and desire to move forward with God. And I was simply just saying to him, listen, I think I've just lost my motivation. After 22 or 23 years of ministry and pouring out and pouring out, I think I've lost my motivation. I'm not even sure I want to do this anymore. And sometimes we get that way, don't we? And we ask questions. And maybe it was turning 40, who knows? We ask ourselves some serious questions. But you know what he said to me? He said, you know what? If you have a motivation problem, you have a love problem. And then something just clicked in me. And he said, you know what? When your love tank is empty, sometimes you lose your motivation to pray, read your Bible and do things for God. But when you experience the love of God in a new way, then you get your motivation back. And I believe that's what God is calling us to do as a church. He's calling us, yes, we work hard. The Revelation Church was there. They were a loveless church. What was God saying? They were a hard-working church, but they were a loveless church. And he was saying, you've lost your first love. You keep doing things for me, but you've lost your relationship with me. Because what happens when we keep pouring out, we get empty. And we trust those things are going to reward us, but they don't. Only God can reward us. Amen. And God's calling us to simply wait on him anew and afresh. I want the worship team to come back to make time for God, to get our love tank filled back up with God. Now I could have said another thousands of different examples here in my notes that I prepared. Five love languages, could have explained them. I encourage you today to get this book, Victory Over the Darkness, because it deals with your identity in God, similar to the Living Free book. I encourage you today, if you're a parent, to get this parenting book. It goes through all the five love languages and helps you become an effective parent. And if you're into revival, there's this book, Transforming Your World, which will do something in your heart. God will change you from the inside out. And as he changes you and fills you back up, then you'll feel like you've got the life to be poured out again. And you'll start flowing afresh in the things of God.